Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Living in Hope. I am your host, Cassie Merritt. So before we get into this interview, I wanted to share something with all of you that I recently got to do. I decided to take the plunge, quite literally, and get baptized. You guys, this was such an awesome experience. And if you haven't done this yet, if you haven't taken this next step in your faith, do so. Definitely have that conversation with your pastors and pray about it because I can't tell you how special this day was for me. I'm honestly still smiling from that day. But what was so cool for me to experience was being able to not only do that in front of my church family, but to also do that in front of my husband and my two kids. You know, I kind of explained to them what baptism was but they didn't fully understand what I was about to do. But as soon as I came off that stage, you know, soaking wet, dripping water everywhere, my kids were definitely very interested in knowing more about what just happened and why I was doing it. So that was a very special conversation. So if you're ready to take that, you know, public stand for your faith in Jesus Christ and be obedient to his word, Go talk to your pastors right now and have that prayer with Christ. That day goes down as one of my most favorite days in my life, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about today's interview. Um, His name is Nate, and we're going to just call him Nate. We're going to leave his last name anonymous out of protection for him. If that doesn't get you excited for this conversation, I don't know what will, because he has such a cool story. Okay, get your listening ears ready, my friends, and let's go ahead and dive in. (laughs) That was super corny. All right. All right. Hey, Nate, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Good. Excited to be here, too. Yeah, so exciting. When I heard that you had an awesome story, I was like, I heard little pieces of it. I was like, oh, man, I need to have him come on to the podcast. And so we had a phone conversation. And as you were sharing your story with me, I just knew, like, okay, you have to stop. I want you to share this on the podcast, and I want to hear with the listeners your story. So I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, excited to be here. But right now, let's just have you introduce who you are today and what your life looks like right now. Um, So right now, I live in Arlington, but I do attend Camino Chapel, 24 years old, and I'm currently a student at MATA, Mission Aviation Training Academy, down at the Arlington Airport. Which is so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a school specifically designed for training and equipping, equipping pilots specifically for mission aviation. Uh, wow, that is so cool. Yeah, when you said that, it reminded me that my husband has a uh, little gift certificate. <laughs> to take a little like intro there. And I'm like, oh man, he needs to get there and use that. We got it from the um, all moms auction here at the chapel. <laughs> but that's so cool. So what does that look like doing missions with them? Oh, oh, it's it's something else. It's it's really something that's that there's no equivalent to it. Just flying up there in the sky above, well, the amazing Pacific Northwest. Right. And like last year we went up to Alaska on like a kind of short mission trip kind of thing wow. with, with the school. So we flew up through Canada and to the middle of Alaska and got to fly around there, Whoa. just bringing people in and out of this Bible camp. 
It oh, was, yeah, so it's, it's for Bible camps. Okay. Well, well it's mission stuff. So okay. it's yeah. training for, well, for example, MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship, or Ethnos 360, or wherever. But, you know, mission mission stuff, like taking missionaries, Bibles, um, humanitarian aid to these remote parts gotcha. of the desert, wow. jungle, etc. Oh, man, that's so cool. That sounds like so fun and right up your alley, which everybody will learn here very soon. <laughs> so much fun. Well, okay, so we could all hear your accent right now. Okay. So how did you, you're obviously from Israel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I can turn yeah. my accent on and off, but I usually talk <laughs> like a, like this. It's yeah, more natural for me. That yeah. is so cool. Okay. So I want you to kind of share with us how you got to Israel, like went from Israel to here. Yeah. Um, so my parents, they grew up here in the States and then they went over there while they were in Bible college, and they actually met while they were there. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So they didn't go there together? No. Oh, no, okay. they went separately. Wow. So actually, that's my connection to this church, was my dad grew up in Wishram. Oh, wow. Pastor Chris was a pastor in Wishram. Oh, yeah. And so oh, wow. my connection to the church, it, I mean, when I was looking around for flight schools to go to from Israel, because I was just born and raised there, right? So right. when I was looking around for flight schools and I found Mada, then it all just fell together like, oh, that we know Pastor Chris there and, and yada, yada, yada. Everything oh, fell wow. in place. And oh, I was wow. able to jump right over here to Kamano Island. And so yeah. cool. OK, so did I hear correctly that when you turn 18, right, you mm -hmm. have to join the military in Israel? Yeah. By and large, everyone has to serve. Yeah. Oh, wow. OK, mm -hmm. so is that man something... and woman? Yeah. Wow. Man and woman. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Wow. I did not know that at all. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your story, your life in Israel, what that looked like for you, and, you know, just kind of your journey there, how you went into the military and how you got here. Yeah. Shed the light on that a little bit. <laughs> okay, so ever since I was a kid, a little kid, it was just my ultimate lifelong dream to be a fighter pilot to fly F-15s or whatever it would be, um, you know, zooming around the sky, pulling Gs. Um, that's <laughs> right. the ultimate boy's dream, right? Right. So everything in my life, everything in my childhood was like leading up to that. Like, you know, I'd have birthday themed, you know, uh, Air Force themed birthdays <laughs> and we'd go to the museum and, and look at airplanes cool. and yeah. I'd go to the airport and look at airplanes with my dad. Mm. Um, so... In school, it really was like everything I did was like, you know, building up to that, really focusing on physics and on math and on sports and, and, yeah. and just building up yeah. everything that I would need so that I could pursue that and, and actually accomplish doing that. Wow. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And so in, in high school, um, in Israel, you get to choose your major and your minor like little tracks that you do. So I chose physics and and it's in high school that you begin doing testing for the military, regardless of where you're going to go. That's when you start doing your testing. You go and you just every single kid in high school, he goes and does a day of testing. And then they tell him what units he can apply for and where he can try to go. Um, and so I straight up told them on in my first interview there, like, I want to be a, a fighter pilot. I want to be in the Air Force. And like, OK, yeah, we can we can try to do that. We can, you know, try to arrange that. And then, of course, there's just a series of, of testing that you do while you're still in high school. You just take, right. a, take a day off, drive to some army base in the middle of nowhere. Wow. So they just really set you guys up for that. Yes. Wow. Yes. Everybody just 
that's what you talk about in high school. What am I going to do when I'm done with Mm. high school? And yeah, it is, it is kind of your life. You just, you and your friends, that's all you really talk about. And it makes you worried because you're like worried. Oh, what if I don't get into the unit that I want, don't want? What if I don't enjoy it? What if yada, yada, yada. What ifs, yeah. And then you, you really learn like years later that in high school, it's not really that big of a deal, but <laughs> yes. to a high schooler, it's a big deal. Yes, yeah. a lot of things are big deals in high school, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you realize art. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, man. Then, um, obviously, not only on the um, academia side of things I was studying, but also, like, for example, I was watching all the TED videos, TED Talk videos oh, on TED YouTube Talk. Oh, yeah. about, you know, like, how can I present myself the best? How can I do this the best? Be most confident. And, and then at home, I was flying these little simulators. and <laughs> It was your life for sure. Oh, yes. my goodness. And I accepted Christ into my heart when I was like five years old. And I was oh, raised okay. in a believing wow. home. Yes. So I was, you know, I was taught, if you want something, you have to pray for it. So mm. every day I'm praying, every day before I go to bed, mm. uh, God, please let me be a, a pilot. Please let me get into the uh, flight school, yeah. flight academy. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I'm built, it's all coming together. It's all working right. out. I, I go to the first day of testing specifically for the Air Force, pass that easily. Wow. Second day, pass that easily. And and then they invite you for something more intense that's like a whole week of out in the desert doing intense physical stuff and mental stuff. Wow. Yeah. And so I went and I was prepared for that. And In high school? In high school. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow, that's a dead. Yeah. You're, you're like 11th or 12th grade when you do that. And then... <laughs> so I, I came prepared and Everything that I was expecting actually was there, and and I passed it easily. Uh, you know, they go around, mm-hmm. they read the names. You know, uh, Joseph, he failed. Uh, Mike, wow. he passed. Nate, oh, of course I passed. Uh, he passed. Mm-hmm. And so, when I finished high school, then I actually there was like half a year in between till I actually was drafted in. Mm. And then, and yep, excitedly, I was drafted into the Air Force into the Flight Academy program. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go. Yeah. That's where you wanted to be. Exactly. Right? Because, you know, I'm a Christian and I prayed about this. God was answering God your was prayers. And God was yeah. answering my prayers and yeah. he put it on my heart. Mm-hmm. So it all looks like it made sense. Yeah. Right. And then so when I got there, the first thing was boot camp, which, you know, like you've probably heard from stories, it's, it's pretty intense. But I'm the kind of kid who like grew up dreaming about this. So I was totally ready for it. Totally enjoyed it. <laughs> of course, he totally enjoyed it. <laughs> of course, yeah. And, and you know, I'd been working out so much and so crazily for this boot camp that I actually developed a stress fracture in boot camp. But that's a not... A stress fracture where? In my leg. In your leg? In my oh, shin. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was in your painful. shin? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, just from all the running and, and hiking. Oh, and what? You know, you've got all this equipment on you. You don't just run wow. with nothing. Yeah. Did you, like, notice... Well, when it I, happened, or? I thought everybody had pain, and oh, I'm not going to complain gosh. about it. Wow! <laughs> so I just kept going till I collapsed. Started crawling. Oh my goodness, dude! Oh man! Yeah, that sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, they sent me for an extra, and I had pretty bad stress fracture. So we did boot camp, and then so it's really intense because that's just the way it is in the Air Force, and it's very competitive. And every day, every day, every day, they're telling you you're the best of the best here. You're the best of the best in the military. Everyone wants to be you. You're the cream of the crop. And, you know, that kind of gets to your head. And, you know, they want that to get to your head so that you can continue striving to be excellent and continue to push and be your best. And then, in general, the kind of people who were there with me, my my friends, my companions, 
they were the cream of the crop anyway. They were, you know, from good homes, good schools, good, good grades, everything good. And so I thought, oh, that's, that's a way for me to witness to them because they'll be more thoughtful and more intellectual thinking about, mm. about the gospel as I share it with them. So that was a big part of your life too then? Yes. Okay. I, I always tried to make sure that as soon as I got to a new setting, everybody knew I was a believer in mm, high school and, wow. and, and whatever. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I was anticipating. But what ended up happening was that, you know, they're so intellectual, they didn't care. They're just like, oh, you know, each one can believe whatever he wants. You know, mm. they, they didn't need God in their right. lives. So there was no point right. to listening. Wow. Okay. That was a little disappointing, but... You know, so far my life was on a good track and, you know, the way I was taught was that, yeah, if, if you're a good Christian, you go and get a good job and you go and do your best. And so, so far, so good. After boot camp, the next stage was studying. We actually had a kind of a college course on like war and peace and, and math and physics. And so was able to get through that. And then the next step was flying. They gave us a week to study and learn how to fly an airplane for the first time. Ooh, okay. Yeah, they only gave you a week to study. They want it to be, yeah, they so want it to get right in there, huh? Yeah, 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 <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. It's intense, but your brain understands like this is important. I need to learn it. Wow. So you just, it sticks. Yeah. So after the first 10 flights, they reevaluate every single person in the course and then they kick out people. That you do five more flights, they reevaluate everybody a second time and they kick some more people out of the course. Um, the first 10 flights were really hard. I mean, it was looking back, you enjoyed it, but like during the flight, you did not enjoy it. Like they're yelling at you and yeah. it's stressful and, you know, your future's on the line. <laughs> <laughs> After the first 10 flights, we all sit in a room and the commander walks in and is like, okay, so these are the people who are going home, yada, yada, yada. Of mm. course, you know, because mm -hmm. God's on my side because I'm a Christian, quote unquote, right. right? Then it'll be fine. And right. then, so we did that. And then the next five flights, same thing, same deal, good flights. Right. Commander walks in. Okay, these are the people that are going home, yada, 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 and mm. Nate, and boom. That oh, was no. a kick to the guts. Oh, oh my goodness. I was not prepared for that. Oh, Instantly, there was like darkness in front of my eyes. I was just like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that happened. Wow. Yeah, and, you know, I oh. thought this was, you were, you were here with me. I thought you were going to help me pass and do this. Like, yeah. there was an inconsistency between what I was, how I was taught and, and how I was raised mm. to what I was seeing happening. Right. Yeah. And then I basically, the next couple of weeks, just went through the, the stages of grieving, right? Like right. I, I cried like a little girl, like just, <laughs> oh my goodness, all the time. I'd uh, wake up in the middle of the night crying, uh, like thinking like, oh, I'm on base. Wait, no, I'm at home. Oh my goodness. Oh. And yes. then, yeah, and then oh I got goodness. to the point where I was bargaining, you know, with God, like, just just have them call me back, say that they made a mistake. And then, and then bargaining, like, wait a second, God, didn't you say in Psalms 1, right, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of wicked or stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers? I didn't do any of that. I should be blessed, right? In verse right. 3, all he does, he shall prosper. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't, I should be blessed. I should be prospering, God. Yes. Like, why? I was a faithful servant. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, but I, but I wasn't mad at God. I wasn't angry. Yeah. I only had questions. Why, why, why? And so that was under the Air Force. Because I was still under the Air Force, they send you to try to go get another job. Because you don't just get to go home. You still have to serve, you know, your three years in the military. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Good point. So I was like, well, we're going to have to find something else for you. Well, my plan A didn't work. So... Let's think about this logically, you know, with, uh, 
you know, responsibly, what should I do? What should my plan B be? I was trying to get into something else that was maybe connected to flying, connected to aviation, so that that could help me in the future after the military I'd be able to be a civilian pilot maybe I was able to pull some strings and I was able to get some testing done to be a flight controller oh wow yeah so like a guy who sits in a bunker and talks to the airplanes and tells them where to bomb and where to fly to and okay wow so I did the testing for that and I passed that and I was looking forward to going in into that position and they gave me a little bit of time for vacation since the course didn't start yet yeah and i'm just thinking about it well this makes logical sense it pays Mm -hmm. it's an officer's job so it pays a lot of money so i'll be able to save up to pay Mm -hmm. for flight training in the future i'll still keep my head and hands within this aviation world so Mm -hmm. i'll stay up to date and and know about all these things and yeah that's the you know responsible thing to do right but guess what (laughs) <laughs> right before right. <laughs> right before I went in and started that course, they call me and say, oh, we're sorry. There's not enough beds at the officer's training course base. Um, you're number oh, 11. There's only nine on the list. So oh, you're going gosh. to have to leave the Air Force and be transferred to the Army for an Army job. So totally different. Totally different. And oh, wow. my goodness. Like, I wasn't as sad as it because it was about it because it wasn't my dream. But again, like my plan, like I had a plan A, totally destroyed. Plan B is like, come on, I'm trying to do the responsible thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm thinking about the future and I'm thinking about what am I going to do and trying to do this the right way. Right. So from there, they sent me to a week of interviews. So me plus, I don't know, maybe 50 other soldiers um, who were in similar situations to me, we each got interviewed by, well, we would choose what interviews to go to by all these different units. And then they would tell the main guys running this thing who they would like from they, who they interviewed. And then we oh, okay. would choose from those who chose us which ones we would go to. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's this like, you know, four or five days of interviews, just unit after unit after unit, like, you know, place after place in the military. And I kind of really didn't care anymore, like, where would I go? Because... Obviously, I'm not going to make another plan just for it to be destroyed. So right before we got our answers about where we'd be going, um, where we could choose to go, I prayed and I said, God, just open one door. That way I'd know that that's where I need to go. Instead of, you know, three or four and I'd have to start choosing between them. Just one door. And I kind of knew where I wanted to go, but I I didn't like say, God, you know, please make this happen. Right. Right. You're waiting for him to lead you to where he wants you to go. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And then we get our answers back. And the officer who's in charge, he tells me, okay, you were accepted by this unit. I was a little confused at first because, like, why would they want me? It's totally irrelevant to what I have, what expertise I have, totally irrelevant to anything about me. But, like, okay, I I guess I'll go there. And it was a special forces unit. Yeah, where we would go in undercover. Wow. Yeah. Yes, this is where it gets interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, all of it's interesting, but man, to go from Air Force to going undercover, completely two different things, right? Well, yeah, totally, of course. <laughs> completely different. Like, completely different. Yes. You know, but my heart was still like, why, why, why? I mean, okay, I, I guess I'll go over there. And then, yeah. and then, so they tell, they tell me and two other guys who got accepted this unit as well, they tell us, go down there to the parking lot and wait over here and get on the bus, um, and they'll take you to the course for this unit. And I, you know, made sure, like, I don't need to do boot camp or anything. I don't need to do extra training because I've already done all that. And they're like, yeah, 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 no problem. 
go down there and get on the bus. So we go down there, the three of us, a bus comes. We see a bunch of other soldiers there that weren't with us before in the interview. And we say like, hey, what, what are you guys doing here? Like, oh, oh, we're going to the military police. And we're like, wait, wait a second, what? And like, yeah, like anything special there, Spe- special unit? Like, no, no. So, wow. so we get on the bus and we're sitting there and we're talking to each other, the three of us, like, what's going on? Where are we going? Like, what about our equipment? And then oh, yeah. these two soldiers get on the, and, and remember by this point, I've already been in the military for almost a year. Okay. And all these people around us on the bus are like fresh, fresh oh, in the military. Wow. Okay. So we're confused. Yeah. These two soldiers get on the bus and they're wearing this this special uniform that I'd never seen before. I'm like staring at it. And then they say, okay, everybody, you know, shut up, look forward, don't look left, don't look right. Welcome to boot camp. And I'm, oh, wow. and I'm like, wait a second. So I raise my hand. Oh, excuse me. I think there's a mistake. And then they bark at me. Well, first of all, it's, sir, sir, I have a question. May I speak? And then I'm like, oh, I roll my eyes. You know, I've been through this. I finished yes. boot camp. Yes. Okay, fine, whatever. <sighs> Sir, I think that there's a mistake. And he said, no, there's no mistake. Shut up, look forward. And I'm like, wow. Wow. So they're and, not telling you anything. Right, yeah. And so me and the two other guys, we're totally confused. And, you know, we go with them on the bus. And, like, we, we go to talk to the commanders. And they, they just bark at us and yell at us to be quiet. And we get off the bus at the base. And, and every single step of the way, when they have us sign papers or anything, we're like, wait, 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 there's, there's something wrong here. We're not supposed to be here. We're supposed to be joining this unit or joining the course for this unit, not boot camp. We already did boot camp. It's in our paperwork. Mm, yeah. And they're like, nope, there's no mistake. And we argued and fought with them for two weeks until, wow. until we, that course that we were trying to get to had already started. And we were like, well... It already started. We're not going to join it after it started. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We might as well just try to do boot. We'll do boot camp again, but we'll do it. You know, we know how to do it, so we'll do it and excel at it. We'll just do it. Whatever. It's not a big deal. <laughs> oh <my laughs> and goodness. so I went through boot camp twice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so why weren't they like seeing this? Were they just not choosing to believe? When you're in the system, you, you, you'd you understand how it is. I guess it's that's just, true. Yeah. it's. You know, their what they count as boot camp isn't the same as what the Air Force does. And so, no, they uh, want to do it the right way and, and okay. yada, yada, yada. Okay. So in the Air Force in boot camp, it was all these, you know, cream of the crop type of people. Here, it was people who went to the military because they had to, not because they chose to. Uh, and okay. it's a different, wow. totally different culture of people. Totally. Interesting. Like, it's people who come from broken homes and people with criminal pasts. And people who are just angry and grumpy. And at first, I saw that as an opportunity. Like, yay, uh, like it didn't work sharing the gospel in the Air Force Mm -hmm. because they didn't need it. Mm -hmm. These people need it. I'll share with them here. And like I totally saw like myself, like this is why God maybe brought me here so I could share the gospel with them, right? And I built this big like idea in my head of this is how it's going to happen. What ended up happening was I never got the chance because things just rolled and rolled and rolled, never got the chance to to introduce myself as a believer. And it kind of just rolled into the everyday life of boot camp. And during this everyday life of boot camp, I started getting, uh, not getting along very well with these guys because it's two totally different cultures. We didn't have the same kind of humor. We didn't have the same kind of language. We didn't have the same, you know, childhood growing up. 
It was very, very different. Nothing to relate on. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not angry at God, but I still got questions. And I'm still bitter about why am I not in the Air Force? And these guys are like, oh, who does he think he is? You know, you know, he's already been in the military a year. And who does he think he is being here and being mean to us? And like they would like they would straight up steal from me, like from my bag and from my from my equipment. And like they would do it in front of my face too and like say, well, you know, screw you or whatever. And then it got to a point where I would literally buy two of things, give one to them and keep one in my bag. And what would happen? They'd steal that one too. Like it was getting out of control. Yeah. And and then I would yell at them and they would yell at me. And and I even got in a couple of fist fights. And like, how am I going to tell them now that I'm a believer? I'm a terrible witness. (laughs) Good point. Yes. Oh, no. And then... So did you get to that point then? Were you able to open up about who you were to them? No. So, well, it came up, but it didn't really become something big. It was just kind of... It's like, okay, you're one of those. But it was okay. it wasn't addressed ever. It was just okay. an opportunity lost. And at this time I was I really felt like Job because I'm still, you know, why, why, why? I felt like all these my world has just collapsed around me. I'm in this terrible place that I don't want to be. I don't want to be in this unit. I don't want to be here. I I don't have very many friends here. I'm not enjoying this at all. And right. I don't understand why this happened. Because in my life up to that point, I knew that God's word was the ruler that I used, the level that I used to make sure that things are true. And according to how I was understood things, I shouldn't have even gone into this mess by how I understood it then. Right, right. So after that was over, you know, going through boot camp a second time, that was over. Uh, me and those two guys, we went to the course for that unit that we were supposed to go to originally. And that was a nice change of pace. And then we went to the advanced training. That oh my goodness, was the hardest thing I've ever done physically in my life. Advanced training for a special forces unit. It's like we would sleep three to four hours a night, um, and they'd wake us up every half an hour. So, you know, you don't even sleep that much. And then they would just have us, we would wear our ceramic vests and our guns and and our bags on us 24-7, and we'd run everywhere. We never walked, always ran. Always had to run. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. Me and all the... And so this unit is special because everyone there came from somewhere else, from a different unit, where mm-hmm. I came from the Air Force. Someone else came from the Navy SEALs program. Someone else came oh, from the Green okay. Beret program. Oh, everyone else, everyone came from somewhere and just trickled down to here. Okay. And we were all, in, in this advanced training, we were all bitter and we were all like, why? <laughs> yeah. You know, they were, keeping, they were keeping the unit a secret from us. They didn't let us know what we were, would be doing. All we knew was that this is where we are. We knew the name of the unit and we knew what we're doing right now. We didn't know how that pertains to what we'll be doing in the future. We didn't know anything. Oh, wow. Okay. And all we know is that our sergeant is really rude to us and mean and hard, but, you know, we would, yeah. So, like, it got to a point where we would cross the street without looking left or right, hoping that a truck would hit us so we'd get some sick days at home. Oh, my goodness. So they were really testing you mentally then, like really pushing you mentally, physically. Oh, wow. Everything. It was crazy. So you're going through all this and you're like, what for? (laughs) What for? Exactly. Like, I don't know where I'm going and it's definitely not where I want to be. So like, Uh, what for? So were you still having all those questions to God? Like, why? Yeah. What is your point? Like, what are you trying to show me here? Like, what happened? Did I sin? Did I? I don't think I sinned. Like, yes. What? 
you know, I, I did my best to try to live a, a good life before you. I, I prayed every night. Like, why, why, why? Why am I in this mess? Uh, yeah. Um, so the one thing to point out here then is like you were doing, having to do all this. You had no choice but to do right. it. Like you couldn't leave if you wanted no, to. No, we had one yeah. guy who tried to leave and they told him, fine, you can leave, but you'll get stuck in like the military police standing in a guard tower guarding. Is that yeah. what you want? Is that what you want? And he's like, no, that's not what I want. Wow. And you can't go home because everyone has to do the military, right? Guys have to do three years. Women have to do two years. But, I mean, okay. I, I, I still was that kid deep yes. down inside who yes. wanted to, to be a soldier and run around with a yes. gun. So, Obviously, yes. So it's not like running away would be a you solution. You didn't want to run away. I didn't want to run away. But I just wanted to make it obvious, like, that's just not even an option. Right. It's yeah. not an option. Okay. So after we finished that, we went to the unit. We actually got to go and be part of the unit. And, I, and we were all split up and put in different teams. And we finally started understanding what this unit does, that it's a really, you know, special forces unit with a lot of action and a lot of, uh, a lot of craziness. And there's a lot of responsibility that's expected. Yeah, and, and you can go, get into really dangerous situations, and it's every night. It's, right. it's not just like, you know, once in a year. It's like every night you're going on this crazy mission. And so at first... I did have the opportunity to tell them, like, yes, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus, yada, yada, yada. But, you everyone know. Everyone you were with, your Everyone unit. I was with in, yeah. my, in my team, okay. in my unit. And, you know, they thought it was interesting, but it didn't really, they didn't care that much. Because I'm just a new guy, right, right, along with my friends. Right. The team that I started in, I wasn't the best soldier. I wasn't a bad soldier. I just wasn't the best. And then because I was the new guy, I was kind of brushed aside. I didn't have any special abilities, special training. So I was kind of just pushed aside. And kind of like, I don't know if stepped on, but like I wasn't really that special. So everybody in your unit, were they, um, was that what they were wanting to do? Or is this still people coming from other places like the Navy? and? Most people were people who ended up there. Okay. A few of them wanted to get there. Okay. But most ended up there. Okay. Yeah. And so many of them could understand. Yeah. But then the people who had been there longer, they're like, come on, get a grip. You know, pull yourself right. up by the bootstraps. Right. <laughs> um, then what ended up happening was my team was closed and I was moved to a different team. Everything was shuffled around and I kind of got a fresh start. Um, but, you know, still all these questions, still still not too many yeah. friends, hard situation. I knew now what the unit was about, but I still don't understand why. And then I got sick and it was it was on a weekend. I got sick on a weekend, so I didn't miss out on any days. I was just at home sleeping. Um and it was one of those kind of sicknesses where I couldn't really like play on my phone or something just because of the sensitivity to my eyes. So I was like, hmm, the only thing I could do really is listen to something. And I'm sick and tired of listening to music. And just in my head popped this um, this like little vision. Or music, not a vision, like but a like a little um, glimpse. Well, what's the word I'm looking Picture. for? <laughs> this is what happens when you're bilingual. We'll come up with the word here. <laughs> this is what happens when you're bilingual. Um, a memory. Oh, just this, memory. the small okay. memory okay. of something that I heard when I was like really young. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a sermon by this, by this guy who was a missionary. And he was talking about a lesson that God had taught him. And then the lesson that God had taught him was about giving up his, his possessions. If you, want, if you want to look it up, it's called yeah. the pineapple story. Pineapple story. And it's a really okay. interesting story. It's about this missionary who was with these, um, you know, tribal people who kept stealing from him. 
but they were stealing his possessions, and he was angry at them, and he couldn't be a good missionary. And then God taught him through this long series of events to give up his rights to his possessions. And then that's how he was able to change his attitude, and God changed his attitude, and he was able to reach these people. Okay. And then so I, listening to this, oh my goodness, I understood. I finally understood. Now, God wasn't trying to reach me for my possessions at this point, but it was for my future. Wow. And I was like, oh my goodness, how could I have been so dumb? How could I have been so so foolish about this? So I immediately gave God my future. I said, God, my future is yours. Whatever you want to do with it, do whatever you want. You know better wow. than I do. And immediately this weight fell off of my chest and off my shoulders, right? Just like Jesus says in Matthew, you know, take take my burden upon me, upon you, because my burden is light. Yeah, and wow. like immediately it was like the scales fell off my eyes and I could see, you know, why some things didn't happen. I still didn't understand why yes. I didn't make it as a fighter pilot, but it didn't matter anymore. Right. Because now God has my future and it's in his hands and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Wow. And I don't have to worry about anything anymore. Yeah. And so, and, and I felt better and I got, you know, got up and went to base the next day. Oh, and, wow. and it was just, that's when... I started seeing God working in all these areas. Like, right, it's always like, in that moment, yeah. Right, and like it started with just giving God my, my future, but all of a sudden I'm seeing God bless here and bless there and bless on this mission and bless with this relationship and bless with this person and bless over here. And it got to a point where my non-believer friends, because I was the only believer on base, right? So all my, all my friends on base were saying like, wow, you've really gotten stronger in your faith, haven't you? And these are non-believers saying wow. this. Wow! So and, they're seeing it. They're yeah, seeing the change in you. Yeah, and and I'm just walk, and walking around smiling. Where before, you know, symptoms of depression. I'm like, can't make eye contact. You know, kind of shoulders down, head down, eyes to the floor. Where now, like all of a sudden, like I'm happy to be here. Like God's put this joy in my heart. It, it's mm -hmm. like that song. Um, there's joy in my soul like the sea billows oh, roll. Yes. Okay. It was just yes. flowing out of me. There were so many songs going through my head. <laughs> that was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then um, I gave God my time and I gave God my, my reputation. And slowly I started becoming more and more of a better soldier and more and more, put more and more in, in positions of responsibility. And like I never went through... Uh, commander school and I never went through officer training but I was put slowly you know like half a year later I was in a position where I was taking the position of an officer and leading 30 40 soldiers under me and wow. and I gave God my safety and my yeah. my security and my and my health and I thought maybe I'd start seeing how God is protecting us from these dangerous places no, it was actually the opposite, where we started going into more and more dangerous places with more gunfire and more explosions. But what would happen was that every night we would see how God is just straight up protecting us from that, where, bef wow. where before we were just kind of kept from it. Now it's like, here it is in front of you, but it's not going to harm you, right? Wow. And yeah. there was like a, a homemade bomb that someone made and threw, and it blew up like two feet away from me. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. Oh my goodness. Right? And like just all these crazy, crazy things. Like and So everybody in your unit was seeing this yes, as well. Yes. And it got there was one specific mission where it was really crazy. We sh we really should have had people injured. And my friends turn around and tell me, 
God is really protecting us. Like, this is crazy. And these aren't people who are believers, right? Maybe they're Jewishly, Jewish religious, but they're not necessarily even religious as Jews. Like, some of them are pretty secular Jews. I know I forgot to mention that I was making this a two-part episode. I am so sorry, (laughs) but it is a long conversation and you're not going to want to miss part two, which part two is going to be coming out this Thursday, April 1st. I promise this is not an April Fool's joke. Now, before I go, I want to share with you guys some things that are happening at Camino Chapel, and I would love to see you there. I would love for you guys to be involved in these activities. So we got like a full Easter weekend planned for everyone. Starting April 2nd through the 4th, that weekend, we have a Good Friday service at 7 p.m. Don't miss that. And then there's going to be a children's Easter story drive-through, which I cannot wait to take my kids through this. So this is basically just like a trunk or treat. Not sure if you've ever been through one of those, but you know, every car is decorated and the kids get to drive through Well, hopefully an adult is driving them through, right? Safety first, people. But you get to collect Easter eggs and see all these awesome decorated cars. And then they also get to learn the real story of Easter. So be sure to bring your kids to that. That will be on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And of course, we have our Sunday Easter service, which we have three different times for that. You can come join us at the 8 a.m. service or 9.30 a.m. service or lastly, the 11 a.m. service. So you have lots to choose from there. All right, well, that's it for me. But don't forget to come back on Thursday for part two with Nate. Have a great rest of your week, you guys. 